With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We've got a PW Torch VIP sale going on this month. If you are interested in becoming a VIP member, you can get $6 off any subscription. That brings a one-month sub down to 4 bucks, And you can listen to our AEW Revolution post-event roundtable. Todd Martin, Rich Fan, and I discuss the event for about an hour right after the show ended exclusively for VIP members. You also will get the WrestleMania post-show roundtables following night one and night two at the beginning of next month as part of that deal, and you get everything in between. I have brought back the Ask the Editor version of the Wade Keller hotline. The last two Wednesdays, we've dropped that with me responding with long-form answers to a wide array of topics. And the Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE insider news updates with my expanded analysis have also been brought back more frequently lately, including breakdowns of minute-by-minute numbers for Dynamite and SmackDown in two recent updates, and also behind-the-scenes news on Bray Wyatt and how he's being written and by whom, and other exclusive backstage notes and insights. We also are running our 18 Years Ago podcast series on the nearly 18th anniversary of podcasts when they were originally published back in 2005. We feature them on the PW Torch VIP podcast feed. This includes our post-pay-per-view roundtables and also Wade Keller hotlines with a ton of insider news. And right now, this week, we are running a series of podcasts detailing with incredible behind-the-scenes details, sometimes excruciating details, on what was going on with Edge, Lita, and Matt Hardy in that uh, kind of love triangle controversy of 2005 that uh, changed the course of, of several careers. At the time, I reported a ton of details on how the locker room was reacting to them, uh, how Vince McMahon, if he was involved, because Vince was actually away with his injury at that time, uh, if he was involved, and just uh, the, the ups and downs and the drama of everything that, that blew up behind the scenes there. It's also the beginning, 18 years ago, of John Cena and Batista's push, and there's a lot of fun analysis of what we thought of them at the beginning of their upward trajectory. I could go on. There's just so many great VIP exclusive features. You get these shows ad-free and plug-free, and you get access to our ad-free Lightning Fast VIP website with all the content that's on the free site, plus bonus content, including the roundtable reviews in written format from the Torch staff of AEW Revolution. We'll be doing that for WrestleMania coming up also, plus exclusive columns and more. So go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. The coupon code to get $6 off, and you can apply that $6 coupon to a one-month, a three-month, or a one-year sub. But again, that brings a one-month sub down to $4 for everything I just mentioned and more. The coupon code is March 23. March 23. Enter that when you sign up at pwtorch.com slash govip. And yes, we are compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. When you sign up, you'll get an email and you click on that link and it authorizes you. No advanced settings, no passwords, nothing complicated. 
and we are compatible with many other podcast apps in a similar way. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP, March 23. Good time to go VIP. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If it's Sunday, it's Wrestling Night in America here on PWTorchDailyCast.com. Good Sunday evening for March 12, 2023. I am Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks, and this is where we talk about the big shows in pro wrestling. So we're going to break it all down for you here coming up tonight. We're going to talk about NXT Roadblock from this past Tuesday. We're going to talk Fallout from AEW Revolution. And uh, in the coming weeks, we'll talk about WrestleMania, which is fast approaching here as we head toward mid-March. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Greg M. Parks. You can send questions in for us anytime at WNIALivecast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in chatting, you can call us up, 515-605-9345. So today... To help me break down all this and more is PWTorch.com contributor Javier Machado. Javier, welcome back to Wrestling Night in America. Hey, Greg. I was happy to join you. And I think with this one, I think we were covering, uh, I talked with you, every promotion except I think WWE. We've done Impact and we've also done New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I, I I sometimes, you know, try to I, – I have a good gist of um, – what my co-hosts are, what their expertise is, and what I should avoid inviting them on to talk about. And sometimes that doesn't always fall in line. Sometimes I have a need, and I, I need to bring someone on, and it's like, well, you know, <laughs> we'll look at it with fresh eyes. And and Javier, that's what we're doing with you with the NXT tonight. So I know you're not someone who follows that yeah. product religiously, but I do think um, – you know, I think there is value for having someone who 
is a viewer of wrestling but who doesn't always watch a certain product because they can bring a different perspective to the show that maybe someone who watches week in and week out can't bring. So I'm hoping that's what you'll be able to bring to our roadblock discussion tonight. Yeah, it was, uh, what I was looking for was um, uh, a hook, who, who, which characters hooked me, because I think that's the most important thing for a newcomer coming in who's not familiar with the product is what characters on uh, or, or what segments on screen most uh, call out to you. Yeah. Uh, so the Roadblock, the uh, show on Tuesday night, it was not a PLE, but a special TV event. We had Tony D'Angelo defeating Jack in a jailhouse street fight. We had Braun Breaker and the Creed Brothers defeating Indus Share in a six-man tag match. Gigi Dolan over her former partner in Toxic Attraction, J.C. Jane, in a singles match. Joe Gacy defeating Andre Chase of Chase University. And in the main event, Roxanne Perez defeating Miko Satamura for the NXT Women's Championship. So right off the bat, Javier, you mentioned as a new viewer, you want to see who hooks you, what characters hook you. Um, Were there any, whether it was in these matches, whether it was in a backstage segment or an interview, were there any characters that hooked you watching this show? Uh, The one thing that I uh, drew my attention, there were the uh, Creed brothers. Uh, the Greed Brothers just, uh, they reminded me of, like, the, the whole Kurt Angle kind of wrestler. And all I was thinking about was I would love to have seen these guys when I was watching NXT back in the uh, in the black and gold era. Oh, yeah. uh, wrestling, you know, teams like uh, American Alpha and FTR and stuff like that. Uh, Indus Sheer was uh, better than I, than, than I thought. So um, they're also, you know, fairly interesting. But it was, it was the Creed Brothers just because of the, you know, their, their particular style. And uh, I, I like that the you know like the Kurt Angle you know you know uh, amateur wrestling looking type of guy, uh, and you would ho- ho- you know I think they hope would hopefully want Braun to be the one who stands out since they're the champion. But I thought they stood out more for me during that three way than uh, than Braun did. I think it's, uh, there's also like a size issue where Braun didn't really look you know as, as you know they, they they looked bigger than him you know. Right, and that was going to be my next question, Braun Breaker, because he is a long-running NXT champion. He is the star of the brand as he is being pushed, and you can tell that people in WWE are very high on him because of uh, the way he's booked. So he got that six-man tag match with the Creeds against Indushare. He got a promo segment at the end of the show going one-on-one with Carmelo Hayes, which appears to be the WrestleMania weekend uh, NXT PLE main event that will be coming up. Uh, taking all of that into account, his mic work at the end, what you saw from him in the ring in the six-man tag match, what was your take on Braun Breaker? Do you see a future WWE main roster star in him from what you saw on this event? Yeah, uh, I definitely think that uh, he fits in the uh, in the main roster. Uh, what his ceiling is, I do not know. I know they want him, you know, I, I, nothing in it made me think that this guy is going to be the next guy, you know, on a Roman level. Uh, but uh, nothing also made me think that he's he won't be successful. So I think he'll be successful. How successful, I think, still, uh, you know, uh, remains to be seen. Do you see what WWE, and maybe not seeing what WWE sees in him, but do you see the reasons that WWE and NXT have pushed him the way they have? 
Did you get any glimpse of that? I mean, yeah, I mean, he looks good and he could work. So, um, and I get the impression that he he he's he was blank slateish enough to him so that they could teach uh, him the their way of doing things. So I think that he's he's uh, uh, a, you know produced by them. Uh, you know, so I, I so I, I could see why they would uh I could see why they would be, you know, high up on him. Uh uh but you know, a lot of it now depends on uh what's on the other side of him too. So um, you know, that's so so I I I, I, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, we've been, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Austin Theory uh, this week, but maybe he's uh, he'll be uh, Austin Theory's uh, uh, age-old rival. <laughs> what did you think of the mic work at the end? It wasn't a lot, but he went one-on-one with Carmelo Hayes on the mic to sort of set up their ensuing feud. And Breaker, for as far as he's gotten in the ring in such a very short time, one of the main criticisms against him is his mic work. It's sort of that growling early nineties style mic work. Um, what was your thought on that aspect of what you saw on Tuesday night? Yeah, the overall package kind of felt like a throwback, um, which to me is not necessarily a negative thing in, in general, depending on you know how you position the, the character. Uh, but I, I didn't think it was bad, but it's also not like I, I, I would, I wonder how that would feel, uh, you know, if, if he's in the main event on the main roster carrying 50 minute, uh, segments, uh, like that. So, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think it was bad, but I don't know, I don't know, um, if it's like a, a main super, you know, like a super top guy kind of thing. Uh, you know, there are ways to cover for that, but, you know, Usually, even under Hunter, uh, usually WWE, you know, still has to have you still have to go out there and uh, and uh, you know get you know talk people into into the building. You mentioned the Creeds as one act that really stood out to you. I'm curious as to what you th- think their role in. I mean, they're a long ways away, right? I mean, they're they're still very young. They're still learning the ropes, um, but there's obviously something there with them. And it, it seems like WWE already sees Julius as the potential breakout star of this team whenever it gets to that point, and that's years down the road. But where do you see them uh, slotting in on the main roster? You know, if, if WWE were to call them up after WrestleMania, which I, I don't think they'll do, I think they've probably got another year left in NXT at least, but um, given the current landscape of WWE tag teams, where would you see the Creed slotting in there? That's a, that's a good question because, like, the, the tag team division in the WWE is pretty much just in the hands of uh, the Usos right now, and they only ever really develop one team at a time to to face them. Uh, and what comes underneath in the tag team division is is pretty much non-existent. Um, so that's you know that would be a good question if you know that, which is why I, my my thoughts went to the NXT when the NXT had all those tag teams and uh, the the era where, where there were a lot of tag teams that and and that was like a draw was their tag team division i think that i think the talent is there in the WWE if they want to heat up that tag team division so i would like to see that kind of thing happen before you know you you call them up because as it is uh, they they kind of feel like they they need you know I, I obviously haven't seen enough 
to 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 see like the big difference between the two of them. But uh, you know, I, I would worry that they get lost in the shuffle if if you know in the current uh, status of how um, how uh, WWE's tag team division is. But if you know they get you know, if they take it seriously like a real division, then, you know, then with the Viking Raiders, uh, Los Lotharios, if they, if they heat them up and uh, all the different uh, Imperium and stuff like that, I, I think it would be a fun division if, if they would give it uh, some chance. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sort of a sidebar to this conversation, my column in last week's Torch newsletter was about the tag team division under Triple H and how it had been much maligned under Vince McMahon's run. He never saw tag teams as a draw, never really pushed a significant number of tag teams at a time. What's been your take on the tag team divisions under Triple H? Obviously the Usos, long reigning tag champions, part of the bloodline storyline. But as you kind of mentioned after that, there's really a lot of different teams jockeying for position. Are you disappointed? Did you expect more from the booking of the tag team division under Triple H, knowing you know, he's such a mark for the territory days and we had such great tag teams uh, during those times? Yeah, I, I would have hoped for more, but not even would take away from what they're currently doing with the bloodline uh, and with the Usos with the titles. Uh, and so I, I would... Uh, you know, where, where they essentially just having one team kind of bubble up. Uh, I, I would definitely like to see more of a in-depth thing. Uh, but I, I, I would think it, my, my gut feeling is that they're concentrating more on getting the women's division uh, up and running because we've been seeing a lot of more random, uh, you know, women matchups to see how they match up against each other than we've been seeing with tag teams. So I think there's more, and and I, I would, I'm fine with them, you know, establishing the, the women first before you hit the tag team. Uh, and establish a you know an actual you know legit tag team division, uh, but yeah, I, I so I understand why you know and, and possible excuses why they haven't you know it hasn't popped up like popped off like you know uh, uh, like we would hope, but you know uh, it, it I would like to see uh, have a reason you know uh, mm-hmm. for for these these tag teams to to uh, to face. I mean, there's no reason why to get any tag teams going on on Raw right now since uh, pretty much. You're, you know, the oozes are, are de facto um, uh, uh, SmackDown guys. So, yeah. Uh, going back one match, Tony D'Angelo versus DiJack in the Jailhouse Street fight. Um, you know, DiJack is that you know he's been on the main roster before as part of Retribution. Didn't really impress there. Didn't really have a chance to impress as part of that group. Um, but he's a guy with size who is more athletic than you would think a guy that size would be able to show. And, you know, he's got this dark brooding gimmick, Tony D'Angelo as this mobster kind of gimmick. What was your impression of what you saw in the ring and character wise from these two in the opening match? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have known uh, that was Dijak because uh, he's definitely toned it down in terms of, I mean, you know, he was, he was crazy uh, back when I watched him in the Indies, the, you know, he, he wrestled like ricochet pretty much. Uh, man, size. Uh, he's still doing, you know, a couple of things here and there, which I think is likely wiser that you know, just don't don't do everything in one match. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> particularly in a match like that. So, so uh, you know, I, I found it interesting. Uh, I wasn't 
my, 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 I want to say my issue with the match was like, I, I didn't know who the baby face is uh, because you had D'Angelo who's a mob boss out there with his uh, lackey. Uh, and at first I thought it was Dijak because, you know, he's saying that how, how uh, D'Angelo cost him uh, the title and that's what what's led led to this uh, to this um, uh, jail cell match or whatever it was they called it jailhouse jailhouse I think um, yeah and so I'm thinking that okay so it's Dijak but then you have D'Angelo not winning the match not sacrificing his partner and then you know his partner then sacrificing himself for him and I'm like oh these, these are babyface things yeah so I you know I think and then at the end the crowd kind of clued me in I think D'Angelo is supposed to be the the at least the crowd favorite. Yeah, I, don't I know think that so. Baby face necessarily, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so you know, call it color me, you know, confused throughout the match, trying to figure it out. As far as the match, I think they were just it was fine. It was a fine WWE standard, you know, um, uh, hyper. You know, uh, we're going to pretend this is hyper violent without really being hyper violent, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. They love that, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, I particularly this this is the 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 one Booker T moment that really really stood out for me because I was on the I was on the lookout for that which was uh Booker D basically saying like how how jail changes a man and I'm like Booker you are aware they're just you know putting him in a cell (laughs) (laughs) he's not actually going to jail right (laughs) but uh but yeah so uh you know so the match was fun by the way, Booker pops me every time, and he says this every episode, the champagne wishes and caviar dreams line that he always brings out on every episode of NXT, that pops me every time. Like, I, you'd think by now, hearing it so many times, like, I'd be tired of it. No, I love it every single time. It just cracks me up. So, Booker, keep bringing it, man. I, I love that. Um Let's go to the phones, um, take a break from NXT, go to the phones here, and go to our first call. 862, it's Kylan from New Jersey. Kylan, welcome to Wrestling Night in America tonight. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Greg. Good to be talked to. <laughs> what do you have for us tonight, Kylan? My first question for you both, Greg, Greg this is kind of... And an expansion of your column from last week. Now that we are six months and 16 days into the reign of Paul Triple H Levesque as Chief Content Officer of WWE, what? How do both of you feel he has acclimated himself to such roles um, overall? Yeah, I, I, I think that he's done a decent enough job. Um, I think there were people who maybe expected a little more. Um I think the fact that Raw and SmackDown's ratings have held steady, if not improved in that time, is the ultimate measure of how well he's doing. And, um, you know, he gets a a thumbs up for that. Um, You know, there are rumors that his, you know, booking plan isn't even going to go into effect in full until after WrestleMania. Then we'll really start to see what he's wanted to implement, even though we've seen a lot of that already with his rehires of a lot of uh, folks that that he was close to in NXT uh, and and putting them on the main roster. So, 
there there hasn't been a significant drop off in in ratings in attendance in any of the business metrics so i think from a business standpoint he's been successful um i, I think I don't think creatively there's been enough of a separation outside of the bloodline, which is a lot of Paul Heyman and a lot of Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. And there's a lot of um, people who get credit for the advancement of that storyline in the direction that it's gone. So I can't really put that completely in the lap of Triple H. But I think there's there's a lot of people who six plus months in, as you noted, Kylan, would have hoped that the product would look a lot more different than it does because it still looks like Vince McMahon's booking of Raw and SmackDown, which was not very popular. And, you know, Triple H, I think, for some people, is still in that honeymoon period. For some people, that period has worn off. But I think WrestleMania is going to be a big test. And then the couple weeks after WrestleMania to see what level of a reset there is, if any, is going to be really interesting, too. Um Javier, what do you think about how Triple H has acclimated himself so far as chief content officer and creative force behind WWE since Vince McMahon stepped down? Uh, very similar to what you just said, with but with a different perspective on on what you know what it means for for the people who were expecting Triple H to come in and then all of a sudden uh, WWE become uh, NXT uh, Black and Gold era stuff. Uh, I think those would be the ones who would be more likely to be disappointed. Uh, instead, what he's done is taken the WWE style, what WWE has, has done, uh, and cleaned up a lot. And, and I mean a lot. And, and, and it's in a lot in the little things, which is the stuff that, that, that would drive, you, you know, would drive you away. Uh, you know, prior to him taking over, you would basically have the same people constantly, you know, who are feuding constantly wrestle each other, you know, on every single show with screwy finishes. And then just going back and forth. Now there's a lot more cross pollinization to keep stuff uh, that people are involved with involved in for getting stale. Um, uh, you know, o- occasional. You know, uh, I mean, almost like not, I don't want to say squash ma- matches, but uh, people who are lower on the on the on, on the wrestling totem pole, uh, wrestling. You know, uh, you know, to, to get somebody over and, and with legit uh, victories. Uh, I, I think we're still in the process of establishing, you know, um, a, uh, a pecking order, uh, so to speak, because uh, WWE's always been all our superstars are equal and anybody could be a champion on any given day. I think we're starting seeing, like, if you look at Candice LeRae, Candice LeRae hasn't, you know, has struggled with the top women stars uh, and is definitely like on a lower, you know, is currently on a lower uh, level. Um, you know, um, uh, Gargano is another one. Uh, and you, you know, you know, there, there were, I how uh, I say, so it, it's, he's still creating that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's, it's being booked with the eye towards the, you know, casual WWE, you know, the, the casual WWE audience, because you don't want to essentially just rock the boat so much that people start just jumping, you know, jumping ship, mm-hmm. uh, without having, you know, the next thing set up. So, um, you know, so for the, I think for the people who are fans of the WWE style and the WWE storytelling system, I think it's been a much, uh, uh, you know, has has been a great thing uh, what he's done. For the people kind of expecting like a much more sports-based or, a, 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 you know, uh, thing like the old NXT, you know, that, that kind of, you know, presentation, I could understand why they would be frustrated when you would think, that, oh, you know, my guy's taking over. It's going to become, you know, the, the, 
that thing. Uh, and in terms of the bloodline thing, I, I, there's also something to said to said to you know to know when to step away and get out of the way and let the people who know what they're doing do their actual job, which is essentially like you know uh, you know Vince McMahon sometimes you know hit, you know tinkered and made things better, but oftentimes also tinkered and you know screwed things up. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Uh, Kylan, back to you for your second question for us. With the with the recent firing of WWE senior vice president of talent relations James Kimball due to sexual impro- impropriety. Some being somewhat similar to Vince McMahon, and being that James Kimball is the individual that spearheaded the next in line program, do you foresee WWE at least taking a temporary break from? such program or perhaps shelving it for a sustained period. I think that based on the comments that he's made in in public and in press releases, the NIL program that WWE has does seem to be something that Triple H likes. So I would expect it to continue, even if the guy who sort of spearheaded it is no longer with the company. I mean, really, there's no, there's not a lot of downside for WWE. It's not like, you know, you know, they're supporting these athletes while they're still in college, and it gives them an avenue. It gives WWE an avenue and an in to recruit high-level athletes out of college, and if they choose, uh, you know, if the athletes choose to go to WWE and train, you know, it gives them an avenue to do that. So. It's kind of a win-win for WWE because it gets their name out there um, and it allows them to recruit these high-level college athletes, which is what they want to recruit. They want their recruiting base, even under Triple H, you know, they may go more into the independence that they, than they did under Vince McMahon, but I still think a big part of their training program is getting these athletes to come in and, like, Javier was talking with Braun Breaker, building them from the ground up in the performance center into the kind of wrestler WWE wants them to be. So I, I think the NIL program that, that is in place checks a lot of boxes for WWE. Um, so I would expect it to continue. Uh, Javier, what's your impression on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not super familiar with it other than, you know, it being like a step, you know, the, the you know, a, 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 an entry step into WWE. Uh, I, I think that it, it was, I, I think ultimately what, uh, whether it shuts down or not would re, would be all whether it's successful or not. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what the structure is. I, I doubt they structure it. So this person would be the, you know, if he goes down, so does the rest of the ship. I doubt they, they structure that way. I think someone would just, you know, you know, go in and, and, and get plugged in there. Maybe, you know, um, Regal gets added because I know he's more of a, he's been uh, more of a, you know, talent scout in the, you know, in the past from time to time, maybe he gets plugged in there. Um, you know, but, you know, I could see, uh, you know, just, that just be a, a plug and play, a plug and play position. So, uh, and if they find value in the program, the, it'll continue until they don't find the, the, um, the program valuable anymore. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any where with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus support us on patreon starting at four dollars and 99 cents get these shows ad free and bonus vip content that's four dollars and 99 cents on patreon patreon.com slash pwtorchvip that's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip that is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. All right, Kylan, your third and final question for us tonight. This is concerning WWE's TV rights. Since WWE programming and Bel Air are the only things 
helping Peacock sustain itself, apparently, how big of a rights increase do you see NBC Universal giving WWE? And as far as Fox goes, since WWE does very well in the quote-unquote death slot on Friday night, and Fox CEO Lachlan Murdoch seems very eager to renew WWE's rights when Triple H and Vince and Nick Khan are ready to call his office. How do you see Fox rewarding WWE? Uh, that's tough. Um, and it really all depends on the status of a sale of WWE. Um, I don't think... I, I'm not sure that they're going to negotiate the contracts with Fox and NBC until there's a new buyer. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of the, the hovering over all of this discussion about television rights fees. I'm sure that NBC Universal would love to have WWE back at a, at a good price. Um, Fox... I don't know. I read something recently where Fox still loses money on WWE, like obviously, you know, for the, for the price and stuff like that. And yeah, it wins Friday nights, but I I really don't know how much that is worth financially to Fox. Um, so I, I'm not convinced. You know, Lachlan Murdoch spoke very well about the relationship that Fox has with WWE, but I do wonder um, how eager they are to give WWE a huge rights fee boost, and you know whether or not. NBC Universal would be a player for SmackDown. Um, so, you know, could WWE bundle Raw and SmackDown together to the same network? So that's a question as well. Certainly the, the idea that the company is on the block to be sold is, is another question. Uh, I'm not so sure that these companies want to get in bed with Saudi Arabia, for example, if they end up uh, buying the company. So, you know, I, I think they kind of might want to wait to see who ends up buying it and then negotiate with them. But it, it's, to me, Javier, it's, it's a tough question to answer just because there are other shoes that need to drop perhaps before they get into, they get to the negotiation table with WWE. And, and I'm also expecting uh purse strings to start tightening up. Uh, we've seen a lot of cuts when it comes to, uh, uh, streaming uh, companies uh, in, in terms of manpower, and uh, we just had uh, the uh, the Silicon B uh, Valley Bank go down, which uh, were a lot of uh, you know tech is is involved in that, and media and tech are you know pretty much you know kissing cousins, pretty much, and you know they're really tied together nowadays uh, with you know the the streaming services and stuff like that, uh, where you know which for the most part in a lot of cases are running at a loss. So when you factor all that in also to the to things, you know, it, it'll likely knock out like a Netflix from being interested in that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, so uh, less less suitors for the purchase of WWE. Also, you know, less, in, you know, just, just going to be less places to really put it. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, and, and I think I, I think this actually makes things look 
better for Fox in terms of they might end up getting it cheaper uh, than they were before. But uh, we'll see how uh, how things uh, tighten up because you know th- th- things are kind of crazy out there right now. All right, Colin, appreciate the phone call. Look from, forward to hearing from you again soon. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon, Greg. Excellent. Have a good one. All right, so back to NXT Roadblock. Not, not me. I'm hurt, man. <laughs> not me. I'm hurt. Too bad, Javier. <laughs> He's not calling with oh, you man, on again. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane uh, this is sort of the aftermath of Toxic Attraction not sure how familiar familiar you are with that group that was the group headed by Mandy Rose she was released from WWE so rather than keep Toxic Attraction together as a tag team WWE instead decided to split them up Gigi Dolan giving a heartfelt promo a couple weeks ago on NXT she's the babyface here JC Jane is the heel Gigi Dolan ends up winning it has always seemed to me that Gigi even when they were together as Toxic Attraction was the more popular one amongst the fans, so it's no surprise that they turned her babyface, kept J.C. Jane heel. Um, but what did you think of the work in the match? I mean, did it kind of live up to what as the standard that NXT has set for women, and did any of the characters here jump out to you in this match? Um, yes to that question. Not really for the actual feud, though, because I'm, I'm, well, I'm familiar with NXT based on, uh, uh, the fix, uh, listening uh, to uh, Todd's uh, rundown and stuff. So, and, and I'm aware that the um, that th- they broke up essentially um, uh, rocker style uh, yeah. with uh, one of them getting put through the uh, Gigi getting put through a, through through the plate glass glass window. Not really, but you know, I think it was a door. I think. But um, yeah, so 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 I was actually kind of surprised that the match. While there was heat in the match, it didn't feel like it was like the crazy heat I would expect for that hard, you know, hardcore angle, mm-hmm. which just might be because, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I, re- I remember when they did this years ago. <laughs> that might be part of it. Uh, so I was kind of, you know, surprised that, you know, because this felt like it was like, man, we need to get retribution. This was like uh, um, uh, Ciampa get, getting, trying to get his hands on Gargano or vice versa, depending on when the few there were. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more of that. Instead, it was more of a, you know, it was good. I mean, overall, it was good. But based on, like, the framing of it, I was expecting more. Um, and, you know, may- maybe – and I'm talking about mainly from the fans and from the from the engagement I, I saw, less from what, they, what, what uh, the women did. Um, you know, so in, in particular, you know, because I could understand them holding back inter- because, uh, obviously, this is just uh, step one and what's going to be a long-running feud. So um, – but yeah, I mean, and and I did I did see them wrestle early on because uh, I did try I did try to catch some of the um, I'm just going to go ahead and call it the Nickelodeon stuff just to to see uh, what they were doing. And so I did see them, and they were when I saw them, they were green in the ring, and uh, they've definitely uh, improved a lot because the two of them are uh, wrestling each other. Yeah, you mentioned this possibly being the first in a long running feud. It doesn't feel like this should be the end because. Uh, there was that big angle for the breakup, and it feels weird to blow it off in one match, one match that, by the way, had no stipulation attached to it. You would think that eventually it would build to stipulation matches, but the babyface goes over here. So you also wonder um, you know, where, where they go, how they get to a rematch. It does feel like this would be a WrestleMania PLE-worthy match, so we'll see how they get there uh, in the ensuing weeks if they 
decide to go that direction. Uh, Joe Gacy defeating Andre Chase. Chase has been so, somewhat of a cult figure in um, in NXT with Thea Hale and with Duke Hudson, although Hudson seems like he's on the outs. And Joe Gacy has his own group of uh, – his own cult, I guess, his own Bray Wyatt-level cult, although I don't think that the mysticism is quite at that level yet anyway. Um, so these are two really heavily characterized, uh, wrestlers. Chase is definitely more of a, um, a gimmick, I think, than a serious competitor. And Joe Gacy, I mean, he's gotten his chance at the title before. So he's, he's been someone who, but I, I think it's a lot of, the, the gimmick is a lot of like what Bray Wyatt is, where it just kind of feels like you're running in place. You're not, there's a lot of words, but they don't really end up meaning anything. And, that's not a substitute for character development. We've seen that with Bray Wyatt, and we, I think we're seeing that with Joe Gacy too. Yeah, there was enough enough here for me to make a, 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 a have have any way because he's one of the people I have heard, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what you know. Since I, I am into the whole cult uh, cult leader kind of thing, uh, but there wasn't there just wasn't anything here with uh, with Gacy uh, in terms of Chase. You, I'm I'm really glad uh, uh, Dana Brooke got a new character. Uh, is that what uh, that's what, is that what that is? Uh, I don't recall that. Is that what I, did I miss? <laughs> no, that? I, I I totally don't. She, she, no, I, I'm, I'm saying it's the girl that the, the girl that the, oh, the, 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 the girl that was with uh, JCU. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I was like, it, it was so Dana Brookish her her performance. Uh, if silly, you squinted, you know, it, it may have looked like Dana Brooke. Yes, I could see how you would make that mistake. <laughs> Well, I mean, in, in terms of her attitude and the way that you know that bubbly attitude, kind of yeah. like you know, dumb. I mean, I'm not I'm not calling the, pers- the person dumb. I'm just saying their their character, you know, how they approach life. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, um, but uh, I, I mean, and, and um, uh, Chase reminded me of Chuck Taylor for some reason from oh, AW. So <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, but. Uh, uh, more professional, <laughs> so uh, let me just go. But uh, it, it, yeah, so I mean, it, it, it was dumb because I'm walking right into it. But this could be like the kind, the kind of act that will grow on me, yeah, uh, over time. Uh, but it feels like I'm walking into in the middle of them uh, breaking apart. And I gotta say, at the end, uh, this happened. I think it'll be later. Where um, uh, who is the other one that's not Chase? What's his name? Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson, he basically, you know, said, "Hey, you know, you, you here, you are celebrating, but but you lost the match. We're losers, and you know, I want to win." And that 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 I, I was on in this segment more in on him yeah. than with the rest of Chase U because you know I I'm I don't have the the love for Chase U to want him to stay together. Instead, I'm like, okay, these I just saw them lose over stupid stuff, and uh, and I can see why this guy's frustrated. So I'm yeah. more on his side. So, uh, you know, that's one of the one of the drawbacks of like coming in cold is, you you know, uh, the uh, Hudson looked a lot more uh, uh, palatable than the rest of them. Sure. Understandable. Um, and then finally, the main event, Roxanne Perez defeating Miko Satomura to retain the NXT Women's Championship. 
And we talked about Shawn Michaels' angle from years past with the breakup with Marty Jannetty being repeated with Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane. And it appears Shawn Michaels' collapse on Raw from the insecurity from Owen Hart was repeated here with Roxanne Perez after the match and her collapse uh, after Miko Satomura, um had hit her in the head earlier in the match. So um, two pieces here to this. First of all, the match. Roxanne Perez is someone who had gotten some fame in ROH with as Roxy, had been trained by Booker T. She comes to WWE, is, is immediately cast as a, a fan favorite, climbs the ranks. It does seem like she's a star that WWE can invest in. And... Um, you know, can go in the ring. You know, we saw her in the Royal Rumble as well, in the Women's Royal Rumble. And then Miko Satomura, a pro's pro. She's been wrestling for a long time, actually wrestled on Monday Nitro. Um, that's how long she's been wrestling. So, In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Um, what what did you think of just of the match itself first of the wrestling, especially for Roxanne Perez, who WWE obviously is high on? Yeah, definitely a showcase match. This is what NXT probably would be is, is the the best is what they should be striving for is having a uh, veteran like uh, Satomura, uh you know, work with someone like uh, Roxanne Perez. Uh, so, uh, thumbs up for the booking, thumbs up for the story that they told, which was, uh, uh, Roxanne Perez says that she had lost to, uh, Mako previously, and, and this is not, you know, even though she's already defended the title, this is the most, uh, important match because of the person that she's wrestling. So, uh, I, I thought that, I thought they did a very well, a very good job setting this and, uh, establishing, uh, Mako as, as a, uh, as a mountain for Roxanne to climb. And uh, so, so it, I, I thought it was very well done for what the purpose of NXT is and to uh, help establish, to, to get Roxanne to a higher, you know, to, to, to another level uh, by beating someone like Mako. Um, and then, you know, Mako giving her the title at the end. Uh, so that, all that stuff I really liked. And, uh, and that's because of the fact I haven't seen her rise, uh, Roxanne's rise through, through the ranks. Um, so, um, I, I would, and by the way, I would not have been able to tell at all that she was trained by Booker T. Uh, <laughs> that is sarcasm because Booker T pretty much made it freaking obvious on commentary. Yes. Uh, so, he, so Booker T is um, not the example you know. of subtlety. <laughs> well, I mean, he's literally saying, "I taught her that. <laughs> I taught her that, <laughs> dude." Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, so yeah, and now with the with the post match angle though, I, I'm not a fan of the uh, the kayfabing ish the, the the kayfabe real ending uh, real injury kind of thing where where you you do this that kind of thing. I, I I'm not. Uh, I, I mean, it's hard to do wrestling angles in in wrestling, but you know, I prefer like if it's a leg injury or or an arm injury kind of thing as opposed to. Oh, this might be you know this is something this drastic and uh, you know with with you know, oh we gotta get the EMTs and you could you know uh, 
I, I, I'm not not a huge fan of them uh, doing this kind of uh, this kind of angle. And the thing with it, you know, with Shawn Michaels doing it on Raw, it was well known, you know, the story of him being attacked by Marines in Syracuse. He had to give up a title. He comes back, wrestles, takes an insecurity, you know, and then, you know, people are putting two and two together as this happens. And it's kind of drawing on something, you know, from real life that happened that was brought into television with this. And maybe I'm missing something, but I don't remember an angle previous to this where Roxanne had any kind of head trauma or major issues that would have brought this on. So it was kind of like an out of nowhere thing. And so it didn't have that history behind it that, that you're kind of being able to connect as a viewer either. Well, I think, I think the intent was because uh, during her interview, she said that she, she pushed herself beyond her physical limits in order to be able to train to, to deal with her. And then she took yeah. those, those, uh, they, they they said uh, those a uh, handful of nasty blows to the head, and I think the idea is that she she pushed herself so hard that she basically blew herself out. Um, you know, I I think that's that's the general gist of what they're uh, of the story that that they're planning on telling uh, with this. Uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, it, it it'd be interesting to see what uh, the next step because this might be like you know this might just be a way to get her to I mean if they're gonna call her up this could be a way to get her to relinquish the title if she has to relinquish it because she can't uh, um, because she can't defend it uh, and then just you know she relinquishes the title you have a a, a a tournament and you know so you don't have to you know beat her on the way out as, as she goes to to uh, WWE you take her out for a while to to sell the injury and then bring her back at like SummerSlam or something that could be as well could be yeah, this is the, is that yeah. yeah. all right um, that does it for Roadblock uh, let's go back to the phone 615 area code this is Sean from Murfreesboro oh, one- Tennessee yep Oh, before Sean, go ahead, Javier. <laughs> well, no, uh, the uh, I, I do want to talk about the uh, HBK um, Grayson thing. Oh yes, the the segment, uh, yeah, good catch. Um, I just went by the the results and and blew past uh, Sean Michaels being a guest on uh, the Grayson Waller effect and and Grayson Waller challenging him to a match. <laughs> yeah. Because that was the other one that caught my that that hooked me was Grayson Waller. I thought he was really good on the mic. Uh, I really uh, I, I enjoyed the performance in the seg- segment, not necessarily the content. Uh, with um, uh, you know, wh- you know, I, I was all all in until uh, uh, HBK said that NXT were a collective. And at that point, uh, being Cuban, uh, he he uh, <laughs> he turned heel on me, and <laughs> I was just like amazed that he's basically saying that you know. You you know you're you're trying to get over. We don't like that here. <laughs> I'm like, is that not the purpose of wrestling? <laughs> you, you know. So at that point, Grayson was making like a hell of a hell of a uh, you know case for himself. Like, look, I don't want to be fans like them. I want to be a superstar. And it felt like he said superstar with a small S as opposed to a capital S too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. You know, I was like all in on that, and I did like uh, Triple H pretty much turning back. Goes, I'm not coming out of retirement for you. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I just question the, it being Gargano. I know Gargano is like tied to NXT and stuff, but Gargano has been essentially, you know, losing a lot on the main roster. Uh, it, you know, I, I'm assuming he's not healthy still, but uh, if he were healthy, I think a uh, Champa, you know, after his, uh, you know, time off, you know. Uh, uh, a Champa or even like another busy with stuff, but like a Seth Rollins or Sami Zayn or someone like that, 
I think would have been a better uh, a better uh, for where Gargano is. But at least you know that you know uh, hometown boy, the uh, Gargano popped the crowd. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to tell the story of NXT being a family and NXT being, you know, this together group, I think Gargano makes sense because he is and was for so long the embodiment of everything that NXT stood for. So I get wanting to go for like the NXT avatar in Johnny Gargano as the opponent for um, for Grayson Waller. I mean, what do you think about using Shawn Michaels here at all? Like, I mean, that that doesn't that speak to how highly WWE thinks of Grayson Waller, that they're willing to use Shawn Michaels, a WWE legend, um, to kind of advance uh, Grayson Waller here? Yeah, I mean, the, the only negative was that it, it, they pushed that the, the narrative so hard that it kind of felt like, like this was going to end up with a match with uh, HBK, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where like even, you know, even people who knew better, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know, I would know better, but just, just listening uh, to Todd Martin, I'm like, are they really going to bring HBK <laughs> for Grayson Waller for real? I mean, like it felt that way based on what, what, what I had heard. Um, and like, it would have been a disappointing, you know, anybody else. I mean, the only reason, you know, like I, I agree with the Gargano, like normally, but it's just the fact that Gargano has been beaten a lot on the right roster. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but you know, but ha- had that not happened, like we, let's pretend the main roster doesn't exist, then Gargano coming back was like the perfect guy to do it. Yeah. Ne- next, next to you know HBK, obviously giving the fans what they kind of teased. Yeah, and and I mean, like I I can see where they set fans up for Shawn Michaels coming back. But at least they didn't, like, completely whitewash it. At least they asked the question. At least they had Waller ask the question. And Michaels refused. So at least they didn't completely, like, build it up in anticipation of this moment that they never <laughs> delivered on. They delivered on the moment. Shawn Michaels just said, no, I'm not yeah. doing it. You know, he, he wasn't going to give Grayson Waller the satisfaction. Yeah. And in a brutal way, too, like what, what we had been thinking. <laughs> and, you know, I ain't coming out of retirement for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, all right, Sean. Thank you for waiting patiently. You're up now, Sean from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Good to talk to you uh, tonight, Sean. What's on your mind? Well, first, Javier, you stole my thunder. Darn it, Dadgummit. I, I came on. I'm getting ready to like be like, hey, what about the Grace of Waller statement? And you just take it right out from under me, man. How could you? <laughs> I, I just, I'm so sad for that. I, I'm Jeez. so sorry, Sean. But like, you, now you know how I feel when I'm doing the post round. <laughs> It's like literally. I mean, Javier. Hey, Javier's a pro. He he's he's done this before. He knows how to cover all his bases, even when the host forgets. He he does. And and Javier, I I want to talk to you, man. So it's good to talk to you, man. How are both of you guys doing tonight? It's always fun being on here. Doing well, thank you. I'm doing good. Yeah. So. Well, now that uh, – well, I want to ask Greg now since we already know what Javier is thinking about Grayson Waller. <laughs> Greg, have you have you turned the corner on Grayson Waller? Come on. Like, admit he's really good now. I know you were, like, kind of – you're kind of, you know, colder, you know, not as high on him as, as I think a lot of us were. Are you turning around, Greg? How are you feeling about Grayson after these last, these last yeah. few months? Are you – Liking him more, where, where do you stand on him? Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, confess my sins here, uh, because <laughs> yeah, I have, I have turned the corner on Grayson Waller. Um, I've accepted him. Um, no, I, I think he's, I think he's fine. Um, I think he has improved. I think some of the questions I had about him 
in the ring and as a character have been answered satisfactorily. So I'm I'm on board. I I don't think I'll ever maybe be super enthusiastic about him, but I'm not nearly as down on him and and kind of looking around wondering what does everybody see in this guy. I'm not at that spot anymore. So I I'm good. I'm good with him. Yeah, I he like I said, I mean, I'm definitely still higher on him, you know, technically than you are. Like I still think he has like main event upside. Like I think he's that talented cuz I think he's I think he could tell the WWE style, have the WWE style match, and, and he's such a good talker that I think it just works for what WWE's doing. I, I, I think it fits perfectly. But the question I wanted to ask NXT, well, first I wanted to say this. I, I guess I wanted to ask this first question real fast. Javier, too, because he got to hear. Javier, you remember Roxanne's promo at the very beginning, the interview backstage with Mackenzie? Uh, yeah. What's specifically? It was basic. But I thought it was just so good about Roxanne. Like, you could tell, like, when you watch her, you could tell how young she is and how, you know, even though she's been in, in wrestling for a while, you could tell she's still super young because of the way she talks. But she just has, a, like, a some a thing about her that you just love so much. Like, I don't even know if she could ever turn heel. Like, she's so, she's so small, but she has such good babyface promos that I think she's going to be a good babyface as long as they want her to be. I think they could tell really good stories with her from underneath for a long period of time. If she keeps developing, I don't know where they're going with this angle right you know, now. I'm not a fan of that either. I'm kind of with you on that. But I I think she's got a lot of upside. So do, do you think – are you guys feeling the same upside that I am? Like, uh, as far as a baby face, I think she can tell some great underneath stories, and she's so good in the ring, and I, I like her mic skills too. Yeah, she plays the wide-eyed baby face very well. Um, the problem with doing that is eventually you're, you're, you're going to age out of that character. Right, you're going to be a a five ten year pro on the main roster, and can you transition into something more, you know, for the lack of a better word, adult? And so she doesn't have to worry about that now because what she's doing now fits her right now. And they could put her on the main roster tomorrow, and she'd be a very good baby face, maybe one of the best baby faces on the main roster tomorrow. But you know, I'm thinking five, ten years down the road, is she, does she have the range to transition into something else? And that doesn't have to be a heel. That can be just a, a baby face of a different ilk. So um, I would say, you know, it, it, you don't want to get pigeonholed. And I think Bailey is, is the great example, right? She was the hugger. She was this, you know... <laughs> baby face that no one could ever imagine as a heel and not only was she a heel but she's been a great heel in in, in a lot of ways so i wouldn't completely write roxanne off although bailey has the size on her that that roxanne doesn't that makes it easier for bailey to be a heel from bell to bell um but that's that's kind of what i think back to in in terms of comparing roxanne to someone who came before her in nxt would be bailey uh javier what do you think yeah, the only thing I didn't like about that promo in the beginning is that there was a part where the scriptedness obviously came out when she said, um, uh, who was it? She said, this is the most, uh, oh, give me a second. Let me look through my notes. But um, so when Basically, she, was just when saying she how said, she's going to get through every obstacle in her way, pretty much, which I, no, I it, like. I mean, I like that. No, it was, it was when she said, uh, uh, I want, pause for effect. No, I need to go into stand and deliver as women's champion. So, oh, and, and that's just, okay. yeah. So, so, and you could actually like almost hear the the pause for effect written on the oh. script. 
you know, in the way in, in, in the way it was delivered. So just work on some stuff like that so it feels more natural. Because I mean, you know, I, I have no problem with people working off a script. Just make sure that you know when you're performing what's on the script, it comes through more naturally. Because then, because that was like a, a like a red flag that kind of took me out of everything I said previously. I'm like, oh, you know, cause I, I, at first I'm like, oh, you know what, you know, it just sounds like it could be coming from the heart. And then, and at that moment, it's almost like when they have Braun Strowman saying, you know, it has to has to end stuff with get these hands and you know that that kind of stuff they do with their scripted stuff. That that like really stood out to me during that. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a minor criticism, but it's like stuff. Obviously, you want to work on because yeah. the, the top people don't don't have to deal with that. Uh, and in terms of the ring, you know, I I, I like I said, I, I like the story that they told with her, and uh, uh, the you know the, this is how you really get people you know get her to get over because you know here she beats a, 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 a you know a legend and uh, you know a legend you know who who looks like you know should have you know that the the legend. The legend was definitely a more physical threat to her, and she she basically had to pull out all stops to beat her, which explains why she you know passed out at the end. Just another quick reminder: pwtorch.com/govip coupon code March twenty three gets you six dollars off a VIP subscription this month. Go VIP here are post. Revolution Roundtable podcast, exclusively for VIP members. That membership will give you instant access to our post-Revolution pay-per-view roundtable that we recorded immediately after Revolution for VIP members, and that will also include our Night 1 and Night 2 post-event roundtables, plus everything in between. Our 18 years ago podcast, vintage insider news updates from me and the Torch team, and new Wade Keller hotlines with exclusive news and many other features. Full details at pwtorch.com slash govip, coupon code MARCH23. Gets you $6 off, 60% off a one-month sub, or $6 off a three-month or one-year sub. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan shocked the world and formed the New World Order? Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed down in the sharpshooter to Bret the Hitman Hart? I'm Torch contributor Frank Pettiani, and I've reviewed these shows and many more for my exclusive VIP podcast, Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back 10, 20, even 30 years, review pay-per-views from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what took place then to what is taking place now. You get exclusive access to these and other podcasts as part of your PW Torch VIP membership, which is compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. Visit pwtorch.com slash govip for details and sign up for them. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, Greg, I wanted to ask you, too, and I wanted to say, too, about Bailey is the only reason, like, honestly, the, I, mean, and I don't know if Javier agrees with this, the only reason Bailey turned heel is because they ruined her as a baby face. Like, the booking ruined it. Like, she oh, ended for up sure. a good heel. I don't think that was ever the plan. Well, maybe not, but I the bottom think. line is she was able to do maybe. it. I think that was my point. Yes. Yes, exactly. No, I agree. And, uh, Javier, that was a good point, too. I, I forgot about that. That was a good point. That was fair. And, and thank goodness she's so young. She can hopefully get through those, you know, little issues like that and, kind of seem more real as you're speaking and be like, okay, this feels real as you're saying the whole entire thing and not, it doesn't feel so scripted, but the, I wanted to switch gears. I wanted to go AW. I know you guys are going to get into it. I, I, and I'm sorry, but I wanted to, I had a few points I was going to bring up about what they've done after revolution. And I wanted to bring up, I don't know if I told you great, but I got to uh, be on the pro wrestling boom with Jason Powell talking about AEW after, after the pay-per-view. And I was glad to be on with him, but um, he, like, I, I didn't really, I didn't. I don't love what AEW is doing right now, and there's a few questions I was going to ask. And the first was going back to the women's division. 
I know they're trying to do the outsider versus like the NWO type thing. I, I, I don't like the story at all. I, I, I don't think they're telling a good story with this. I think NWO did it great and you can't redo it. And it's, this is just not good. Ruby's promo I thought was pretty good. Like I didn't dislike the promo. I just don't like where they're going with it. I don't like all these women being together. I don't, they don't need more factions in AEW. They already have a ton of them. I just think they need to tell individual stories with these women, and I just don't think they're doing a good job. And in the in the meantime, I think Hater's doing an okay job as champion, but Britt Baker's totally getting lost in the mix here. I don't know where she's going or where they're going with her at all. I just feel like she's lost, and she's just coming in, telling you know, having a little promo time, but I don't know where it's going. What do you think about the women's division at AEW altogether? What they've done with Ruby and what they've done then on that show after the pay per view. I think there are a lot of very talented women in the AEW women's division. And like you, Sean, I, I don't love how they're all positioned. And I didn't love the Ruby Soho heel turn decision at Revolution. I, I was kind of in the same boat with you as far as her promo. Um, it was it was just a step short of... I did it because of you people, you know, the the tried and true heel turn that <laughs> when you have nothing, you go to that well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the the spray paint stuff, I, I think, is hokey. Um, and I think I just think Tony Storm and Ruby Soho and even Soraya, I just think they're too talented to be saddled with whatever this is supposed to be. Um I don't know. And, and like you said, Britt Baker's kind of being lost in the shuffle here. And she's been one of the most over women on the roster for as long as AEW has been in existence. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, Javier. I, I do have a lot of questions about AEW's booking of the women right now. Um, yes, I agree with everything, but I do have to say it's better than what they were doing with <laughs> – Tony Storm and Ezra uh, beforehand and, and Ruby Soho beforehand. So at least it's an up in that <laughs> respect. Um, and as far as, uh, uh, as far as, um, you know, these, these, you know, I did it because of your people, you people, uh, I thought, I think this is the exact same way that you're going, if you're going to do this promo, not my favorite usually, but if you're going to do that promo, this was the exact way you do it. And it's by speaking the truth. Uh, a lot of times you get these you people promos and like, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I, I you know, you know, my, 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 my cheers were one decibel lower than last time, which means you people hate me. I'm like, we were still cheering you, man. <laughs> uh, this was, you know, people, you know, she did refer to stuff yeah. that, you know, that people were really talking about. Uh, they, she did talk about stuff that really happened and it actually brought, which, you know, brought to mind, uh, the rock when he, you know, came, you know, he came back and he's like, you know, and he's been, and he, he did the, the thing because I, I remember the chant, die, Rocky, die. You think I'm going to work for you people now? Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you know, so, you know, and, and that was kind of that because, you know, she, the promo that she cut, like, makes you, could, you know, could make you feel guilty because she's basically repeating the stuff that we've been saying online and on these calls about these women. In terms of you know you know particularly when she talks about Soraya that everybody's like oh yeah she's coming back and then you know she has problems granted the problems because of the booking but you know then she's throwing in your face you you know you want her back and then when she yeah. comes back you start bitching and complaining so you know that 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 she's trying to hit you in your guilt spot which 
you know, for most humans, if you, you try to make me feel guilty, I'm going to react like a defensive and really hate you even more because you're pointing out like, hey, you know, maybe I did screw up. I just don't like the fact you're pointing it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that the promo was really good. So um, and, and maybe actually now interested to see what the next step is. But the next step better be diversity, uh, divorcing them as quickly as possible from the outsiders gimmick because right now they, what they're looking is a second-rate outsiders with the spray paint, uh, with them saying outsiders and putting a bunch of words around it so they don't get sued uh, <laughs> for trademark infringement. Um, and then um, the uh, the fact the you know and I, I think they already were named uh, yesterday right yeah rampage I think they're called the outcast I think mm-hmm. so which is mm. too close to outsiders for my uh, for my uh, for my liking uh, now I, again there's potential there but right now like in these kind of groups uh, AW doesn't like follow along with the stories enough when you have these groups. And I really don't get to know what the group is. I don't. Really, I still don't really know what the Blackpool Combat Club is. I don't know what everything except for pretty much the JAS for the most part are kind of like amorphous, you know, groups of like people that just hang out together. Mm-hmm. All right, Sean, uh, back to you for uh, another point on AEW for us. Yeah, Javier, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be as positive as you are, but it's hard, man. They're they're not doing a good job. <laughs> AEW is an a, people want to think AEW is in a good spot. They're not right now. They're not. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're no. they're doing a lot of bad storytelling. And yeah, I know I know you do. And, and I, I, I it's hard because okay, like let me go back to let me go to the TNT title for example. Okay, the TNT title is supposedly one of your biggest titles in the company, right? It's supposed to be the right underneath the world title. It's supposed to be really big. Like you give it to Wardlow who I think is so cold right now. I don't feel him at all as a character. Yeah, they did the the interview with Jim Ross, which I thought was fine. It was at least something, but he's just cold. He, there's just nothing there with him right now. They give it to him, and Joe, I know, is going to go to ROH TV. Number one, I'm not paying 10 bucks a month just to watch him and some guys that aren't good enough to be on AEW, supposedly. I, I don't want to watch that. I can't. I don't have time to watch that. And then – so he's going to be gone on AWTV. Then you bring Wardlow, and then you have Hobbs beat him in the most horrific way possible with QT Marshall. Like, come on, man. Hobbs is actually going somewhere. They're actually doing some decent stuff with him, telling some stories with him. They have QT Marshall. I, I think the TNT title is in a world of hurt. They're changing the title over and over and over. Nobody can get over. I think it's a mess. What do you guys think about it? I think as a wrestler, QT Marshall is not a serious person, but as a character and perhaps even as a second to Powerhouse Hobbs, he gets heat. Um, and so, uh, you know, if they want Hobbs to to get heat, I think that that's how they may be using QT Marshall here, uh, or QT Marshall. I, I never know if that's a gimmick or not. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do think Wardlow. They had an opportunity with his win at Revolution to really heat him up. And because he was cold, and I thought the title win, and I wrote about this in my column in the Torch Newsletter, uh, which I've mentioned a couple times. You can find my full-page column each and every week in the Torch Newsletter, uh, PDF version or hard copy if you get yours in the mail. But uh, I wrote about some of the big baby faces to come out of Revolution and how they had a lot of big moments, and Wardlow was one of them. He beat Samoa Joe on pay-per-view, which you know AEW has very few pay-per-views. They have a, they have few slots for matches, so if you get a match on a pay-per-view, you're doing something right. And for him to get a win, a title victory on pay-per-view, that's a feather in his cap. 
Um, and so I thought they had a real opportunity there to heat him back up. As you said, Sean, they told the story, the sit-down interview with Jim Ross, gave him a little bit of background, humanized him a little bit. And then, you know, they have Hobbs beat him, and it's almost like, you know, you're starting all over again. There are wrestlers who you could put in that situation, have them win the title on Sunday, have them lose the title on Wednesday, and have them be fine. I just don't know if Wardlow is one of those guys who's over so much right now that you can play those kind of games in booking him. Uh, Javier, what do you think about the TNT title and, you know, adding QT Marshall to Hobbs and then the booking of Wardlow? Uh, I think in a vacuum, uh, it's fine, but we're not in a vacuum. So um, the, the the issue with it is that that uh, he uh, QT Marshall shows up on TV and disappears, and shows up and disappears. I, I, I you know, uh, and he had been involved in a lot of cases and stuff that's not so serious. And uh, I, I know he got into it with some uh, QT Marshall got into it with somebody on 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 uh, on social media. Um, and, uh, you know, saying, oh, this is long-term booking. And he, I think he said that, that uh, Q.G. Marshall was the one who gave um, uh, Hobbs his break, which might work into the story. And if they can tell that story of, you know, because, you know, uh, Hobbs did, you know, the whole book of Hobbs thing has been like, you know, how, how crappy his upbringing was and all the issues. And if they work, then, you know, Q.G. Marshall's the first one to give him his big break. And then that, you know, essentially have – if they could tell the story of Q.G. Marshall being – uh, two powerhouse Hobbs, what uh, Don Callis claims to have been for Omega, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, but they need to tell that story, and they and, and lately AEW uh, has not been good at telling the stories that we're supposed to, you know, the, the, you know, giving us the reason why things are happening. And when they, in the few times they do, it's usually Excal- Excalibur saying it under, you know, uh, you know, three hundred words, three thousand words a minute. So, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, I, I don't have hope that this is going to necessarily work for something. And, you know, to, and to give it a perspective how you can make stuff that generally you don't think is going to work, work. Remember, early on in AEW, because I was just thinking about this the other day, that uh, we really wanted to see Ty Dillinger versus Cody Rhodes. <laughs> we, you know? Ty, you know, Ty Dillinger. So, so oh, it yeah. was like yeah. they they got us to care about that. So you could get us to care about QT Marshall and Powerhouse, Powerhouse Hobbs being together, but I just don't know if they're going to do that. If they can, great. But yeah, right now it's just I just shrug my shoulders. You have to win me over. You haven't won me over yet. All right, Sean. One more question for you, uh, and then we'll uh, move on to another caller. Sounds good. Uh, real quick thing is, it's kind of going back to, I guess even the thing, I know they talked about it, uh, Wade and Tyler especially talked about it last week after the show, but, you know, with Ricky Starks, you know, again, one of the baby faces that got a really nice win. Why he had to beat, why he had to beat Jericho again, I don't know. Didn't make a lot of sense to me, but, you know, okay, fine. He got another win. You know, it's great. Again, I, I didn't know a lot about, I've heard, you know, Javier, you talk about Juice. I've heard Todd on the fix bring up Juice quite a bit. But, again, he's hasn't done enough on AEW TV. It just feels, again, like a downgrade for Ricky Starks. Like, yeah, I mean, he'll it'll probably be a good match. He'll get a good win, whatever. But it just doesn't feel big. And Ricky Starks has a lot of potential to go higher, and I don't feel like they're looking for that for him. So that's just another thing I was kind of thought, eh, that's another thing AEW might be missing on. But, again, we'll see. We'll give it time. But that's all I had, Greg. Uh, appreciate your articles, man. I love what you do for the torch. Javier. You know, appreciate all you guys do. Thanks for taking my call, as always. 
All right, Sean, thank you. I think the thing we got to keep in mind, too, Javier, is, yeah, Ricky Starks looks good coming off of Chris Jericho, but I don't think the expectation should be he beats Chris Jericho on pay-per-view and goes right into the main events. You know, I, I think that it's sort of the, the build of Ricky Starks as eventually a major babyface player in the main events. I just don't see that for him now. So, yeah, there's going to be ebbs and flows. He's going to beat Chris Jericho. He's going to go down and face Juice Robinson. He's going to get back up and face, you know, someone else. And so it, it's – it's not linear booking all the time where you're just constantly climbing the ladder and you start with the scrubs and you, you go and, and you're always facing someone and beating someone above you on the ladder. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. Well, no, I, I think that would be – because particularly how they told the Jericho story, uh, I think that by beating him, Jericho, I think you do go up against uh, uh, MJF, not at a pay-per-view, uh, at, a, you know, one of your, uh, you know, big TV shows uh, on your – you know, before you build the next real opponent for MJF, but as someone to go up against MJF for, you know, uh, you know the, the guy who's the, the Sonata to – uh, Okada, basically the, the guy that you know that's going to you know show up against MJF, put on good verbal you know jousting with him, and then you know get into match and then lose uh, before you build up to what Hangman Page or one of the other top guys. Uh, I, I'm not going to fret yet about Juice Robinson just because this could be just a one-off, uh, and then you know see where we you know where we go off. But if it really is embarking on a program with Juice Robinson. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, it does feel, it does uh, feel like a one-off. It does to me anyway. Yeah. So yeah. And, and that's what I'm hoping for that. This is just so that we can get one match and have some reason for us to have this match. Uh, and it's, and in this case, it definitely should not be an even Steven, you know, uh, you know, fit, you know, 50, 50 match where, you know, they, they, they trade blows. Uh, I, I do want to specify that you could have what looks like a 50-50 ma- match if the heel cheats early on, putting the babyface in, you know, on the on the on his heels, and then the babyface just it's you know like Cena's you know uh, five moves of doom and just you know ends the guy. Uh, that kind of that you know even though you're giving a lot to you know the the under guy. You you know it's, the other guy was able to get over a little bit because of his cheating. So, but it, it, that kind of match, I just want to specify that uh, that you know that kind of match where uh, um, Stark needs to win decisively over Juice. Uh, maybe do it even early, so then Starks co- goes and ruins the the the, the rebar mitzvah that we're going to get to set up you know a match like two three weeks down the road. So sticking with AEW and the follow-up to what we saw at Revolution last weekend, uh, Adam Page, in a backstage interview with Rene Paquette, he said, basically, I'm done with Moxley. You know, I, I fought him to hell and back, and I won. So I, I, I'm i done. And then he comes out when the Blackpool Combat Club beats down the Dark Order and makes the save for them. So, Javier, 
is Adam Page done with John Moxley? Man, I hated the uh, the 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 staging of this whole thing where he attacks one guy, immediately turns his back on to him, and then gets waylaid. I, I I was not a super huge fan of it. Uh, I, I I think he's he's done with Moxley. He's just now moving on to uh, to uh, Claudio. Is is my is my uh, my thoughts on this. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Evil Uno is going to try to. Uh, I, I think they're going to be telling the story of Evil, Evil, Evil Uno, who's obviously like the lower tier guy trying to over, you know, uh, uh, try to overcome Moxley. I think is what they're going to end up doing there. Um, but I, it, it's just it's silly. It's just silly because they're they're part of the same group, man. So yeah, we're we're done. But I'm still feeling with your group. I'm just done with you. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't, you know, and, and I know, uh, you know, uh, there's been, uh, we're, and I agree with the hope that, you know, maybe we'll get a, um, a uh, oh, heading into a women's uh, blood and guts match. Um, but this also has the makings of it possibly being a blood, blood and guts match. Uh, then again, I, I think we, I, I believe, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but uh, I think Stu Grayson's coming back to wrestle with uh, Evil Uno since they're in Canada. Mm. We heard about that? I have not. Yeah, so so I, I believe I, I read that on you know online. So take that with a you know for, for what it's worth, a great of salt. But uh, I, I think that's you know uh, that might just be to set that up. And I don't know, man. I was I was not as you can tell. I'm not was not big fan of uh, this week's dynamite. <laughs> just felt like, it felt like they were just. It just I I have no idea where where, where the direction that things are going. Do you like the idea of Claudio as a heel? I assume he'll be a heel in facing Hangman Adam Page. As long as they just keep him heel and stop doing the, <laughs> are they a heel or are they not? Yeah. Nonsense. You know. You know. I mean. I mean. The Blackpool Combat Club has always drove me nuts because you know the 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 idea was was stretch people. But you know, and fight, which you know is, is a positive thing. But then they're like, "Oh, and take liberties." And I'm like, "That's a heel thing." Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ho- you know, hold it until after the count. You know, I'm like, "That's a heel thing." Yet they were treated as baby faces. And then you have your, you know, essentially bro- uh, 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 Brian Danielson, Danielson because you're number one baby face, just as as Moxley and uh, and uh, and Claudia are going heel with Wheeler Yuta going heel, and I'm like, just just pick a direction, man. Uh, you know, it's uh, just annoyed. <laughs> Speaking of a direction, uh, we have a direction for the tag team championship, and that would seem to be FTR versus the Guns. So that was more than hinted at in the conclusion of the four-way tag title match at Revolution when FTR came out, but FTR actually got some mic time on Dynamite this week to talk about what they plan on doing next, and it is going after the guns and the AEW tag titles. Uh, does this cement in your mind the idea that FTR is re-signed with AEW as their contracts come up uh, very soon? I do not know. It, 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 it really depends on what we actually watch the outcome of the match, because if they win the titles, then yes. If they don't, then it's just a way to get the guns over uh, a, a legitimate talent. So, um, I I would hope that it is a uh, the FTR wins and to set up a 
rematch with the Young Bucks that everyone's been wanting for, yeah. for a while now. So uh, that that's what I am hoping for. Um, uh, but the other possibility is that their contracts are up and they're just putting over the, the guns on the way up. What do you think about moving away from the acclaimed here in the way that they've done? Uh, well, I mean, can't they just create another set of belts and give it to them? I like the way you think. Tony Khan, hire this man. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm actually intrigued seeing them uh, feud with uh, with uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. That's where they go. Uh, that might be fun. Um, uh, in which case, you know, just just those uh, groups, is, you don't have to have a title because it, it, it's just going to be a fun back and forth. Um, and maybe this might be another thing that leads to another blood and guts or whatever the next, you know, multi-man thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, the acclaimed won a pretty short match this past week and didn't seem to really hint at much of a direction. I didn't think there. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll have to see, you know, they're going to be on TV cause they get great crowd reactions and that comes across great, uh, to the television viewers. So you always want a hot act on TV, even if they're not champions. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they just disappear off the face of the earth. Like so many NXT ta- or uh, AEW talents or rather have done over the past several months. Um, we'll go back to the phones here. We have another phone call. This is Ryan from Cumberland, Maryland. Ryan, welcome to wrestling night in America. What's your first question for us tonight? My first question is on the storyline. I guess it's a storyline they did with Roxanne Perez uh, passing out at the end of the show at Roadblock. And also related to that is the break-in of Warlay's vehicle. I don't know if that was a storyline, too, but how do these companies get the mainstream media to report on these stories like they're an actual story, like Fox News, I think, was reporting on Roxanne collapsing like it was a real story when, you know, it's just a storyline. Um, you know, it's it's always the people who want to shout out that wrestling's fake that are always the the first to believe what's going on is real. Uh, Javier, at least that's the way it always seems like to me. So you have a bunch of people who, you know, hear things second or third hand, and hey, did you hear this wrestler collapsed on TV? What? Let's let's you know, without much background on it probably and and write it up as a news story and you know i'm sure the wrestling stories they do get clicks so they're they're probably just looking for excuses to write up a wrestling story and even if they don't fact check it as strongly as they do uh you know political stories or world news stories they're still going to run with it right javier yeah i'm sorry 100 i'm actually reading the uh the the fox news thing on roxanne perez because uh, I want to see wh- what track they took. And so far, it seems like they're almost, like, hedging their bets in the article. Are there any wrestling-related yeah, – are, yeah, are there any wrestling-related puns? That's what we need to know because it's not a mainstream news article <laughs> about professional wrestling unless there's a pun in the headline or in the lead. Well, here's the thing. So, so they legit just talked the stuff that happened. They say that she appeared to lose consciousness, that, uh, that Satomura appeared to be concerned, that they basically just described what happened, that some people were scared on social media, but then at the end, they, in order to cover their tracks, they said that uh, Michael's part of a similar storyline. Uh, so <laughs> it feels like 
they they kind of wanted to report on it like it being real, but no, hoodwinked. <laughs> they include that this is probably a storyline. So, yes, but they didn't want to be caught with their pants down. It, it, it's man, I've been enjoying reading media, you know, it, recently because it's like just. <laughs> figure out what they're trying to say and it's just been awesome so yeah that, that's what it looks like they're trying to basically uh uh straddle the fence on whether this might have been a legit injury or just a work injury Jeez. there should always be an addendum to these stories uh, last paragraph by the way wrestling is fake so uh who knows maybe maybe this is too uh so <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah uh ryan back to you for your second question for us Hi, uh, second question on a match I recently saw. I know it took a few weeks for it to air on TV. It was between Jay White and Eddie Kingston with Jay White losing a uh, loser leaves uh, town, I guess, in the America part of New Japan. How well is New Japan with keeping these stipulations? Like, do they break them as easily as what WWE does? Like, a stipulation like this in WWE doesn't mean a whole lot about if it means anymore in New Japan that we might see like Jay White in five years back with the company like nothing happened. Yeah, I, I think Javier can probably speak a little more to this than I can, but I would assume that you know New Japan is a little more stringent upon keeping their their stipulations, and you know certainly for the short term it's not like he's going to be back in three weeks like we see sometimes in WWE. You know clearly his contract is expired and he's exploring all options, but could one day he return to to New Japan? Of course, and I don't think anyone's going to hold that against him and shout and say, but 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 ten years ago he lost a loser leaves town stipulation. You know nobody's going to be saying that. So uh, Javier, again, you you have maybe a little more insight than I do on this one. Well, I, I don't remember what the phrasing of the Kingston part of it was because I know the phrasing on the Tamatanga one was the loser can no longer wrestle in Japan, uh, which is probably because they realized that uh, Jay White was actually booked for another match for New Japan uh, after that match. So that's when they uh, they added this uh, stipulation. But I'm not sure what the because I mean if it's a loser leaves town and then you come back five years later, you did leave town. You're just going back <laughs> after five years. I think that that keeps. No, I'm not. I, I do think that keeps to the spirit of uh, of of the of the thing. If, the the if, loser if leaves town. Like, you can never wrestle for new. Planet. That that sounds like such an old uh, holdover <laughs> from the territories, where like they only did certain towns, yeah. and you, you couldn't literally you literally could not fight in Memphis if you lost in Memphis. Like, but you could go, you know, and, and fight in Chattanooga or fight, you know, uh, in Nashville or something else like that. So. That's just kind of verbiage that's a holdover from the territory days, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, and, and like, I, like even five years he decides to come back, they'll take him back and just say, hey, yeah, you know, you, you'll find an excuse. It's wrestling. You'll find an excuse if it's like, if the guy's, wor- you know, worth it and, uh, you know, and, and Jay White definitely is worth it if he comes back to you. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, unless he specifically told them, hey, yeah, dude, I'm done. I never want to go back to Japan again because I don't like the traveling and, you know, I'm, I'm sticking to the U.S. So that might be, you know, if that's the case, then they think that he's never coming back. And, you know, uh, that might have been worth for them to, to do that stipulation. All right, Ryan, your third and final question for us tonight. Okay, uh, my final question is also on New Japan, but also geared towards so to be They said the uh, Rainmaker and Tanahashi had like about 340 matches together. I believe that's what Kevin Kelly said. I think we're getting his names right. But uh, I was just wondering, like in WWE, like if anyone has more matches you know, together, like John Cena and Randy Orton, if they've been in the ring together more than like 350 times or if 
Uh, New Japan has a record on this, too, being in the ring together like that. Oh, I have to imagine WWE does just because they run so many house shows and so many of the house show loops, especially when you're on top, is going to be two guys fighting each other. Um, so I'd have to go back through, you know, cage match or the history of WWE, but my inkling is you could find, Javier, 350. You might be able to find 350 John Cena Randy Orton TV matches. I mean, it felt like they were wrestling each other all the time at one point, you know, combined TV and pay-per-view. And then you throw in house shows, my goodness, uh, they should be able to easily beat that record. No. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would assume with the house shows and, and the way the house shows were set up for a long time where, you know, you did loops against the same guys a lot that you should be able to find. Even, you know, maybe not back when WWE churned their roster a lot more often than they do now. I mean, you you know, you go back into the mid-2000s maybe and you start seeing the guys who are still in WWE right now, then you might start seeing those matchups. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Uh, Javier, sorry. And you want to take, like, a bet on, like, two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, and obviously the, the, the Okada, uh, the, 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 the part of that number is also, like, uh, in between, you know, uh, they have the multi-man tag teams to pre to preview you know oh, yeah, what the yeah, actual true. event is. Uh, you know, obviously their their official one on one you know records obviously not going to be nowhere near that high. Uh, it's but it, that's you know that includes uh, you know chaos versus uh, Huntai, uh and you know the times that they they've been across from each other from you know j- just because they're promoting the match and usually you have like maybe like five six shows uh, between pay per views so like each time they match you know you can have like a, like a ton of those. Uh, what were you going to say, Ryan? I was just wondering, like, do you think that uh, Cena and Orton would be, like, the uh, record for WWE as far as those two being in the ring together? You think there's someone like watching me and Hulk Hogan that has them beat, or, like, who do you think has Yeah, like, I mean, the, the first one. the that, Japan version of that. The first one that jumps into my mind is Cena and Orton, especially if you count tags. Um, Javier, I don't know who else would be a contender that you could think of. I mean, not in modern, not in modern time, but I, I can't speak, uh, you know, because you know, WWE would have like three shows a day back in the day, so uh, I can't even, uh, I can't even, you know, uh, the 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 older territory days and stuff like that. I can't, uh, and early WWE, I I, I have no real uh, experience on that. But like in the more modern stuff, yeah, I mean, it did did feel like those those were like wrestling forever. So, Undertaker, Kane, maybe. I don't know how many house shows they did, but they've done a lot of variations of that match, you know, on television. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and if you add we, them together and across, you know, not just across from each other, but together, then it probably is a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so those would be... Uh, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear the actual... I, I didn't actually hear the, the actual uh, wording of it, whether, it, whether um, the stat was uh, how many times they've been in the ring together or how many times they've been across from each other. Yeah, I would, have, I would assume it would have to be uh, okay, across from each other, like competing against each other. Because I think tags would get you there for uh, for Tanahashi and, and Okada. 
Yeah. All right, Ryan, uh, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it as always. Actually, Kevin Kelly said, you know, either they were tag teaming together or they were fighting oh. each other. So okay. that's well, what he meant yeah, by so, 300. Okay. Yeah, so so that, that'll just blow up the number even further. Yeah, sounds good. All right, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for taking the call. Absolutely. A couple more um, Revolution follow-ups, then we got DJ from Miami, then we'll call it a night here on Wrestling Night in America. Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society, it appears that they've turned their attention to the trios title. What do you think about that move coming out of uh, Revolution for that group? Uh, I'm curious to see where things go, because I... I'm I personally hoping that this was like a one-off week because n- next week apparently is a bigger, you know, all-Canada show, basically. And I'm hoping that a lot of the pieces were in order to get, uh, you know, a Jer- Jericho across from uh, from from uh, Omega kind of thing. And that, uh, um, uh, that the Elite are now going to go off, do their own, you know, thing with Omega doing his thing and, and the Elite doing their, their thing away from the trio's title. Um, is what I'm hoping for. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting they're going after the title. I think I, I do think that that's that's pretty much the primary the primary. Not, sorry, let me let me just think. <laughs> yeah, I think the primary reason is just to get those guys uh, across the ring from each other, Omega and um, and uh, and Jericho. And that's pretty much it because I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll probably end up getting like yet another uh, three, another group against uh, against House of Black. It, it'll be weird if it's J if it's JS against House of Black unless they're going to turn uh, 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 JS uh, babyface or maybe they don't care and they're just going to have them a heel versus heel story. I, I just want the elite out of there, and I want to leave doing some other stuff. Pretty much what it boils down to. I do think it would be a good use of the Jericho Appreciation Society. You know, Jericho is going to be an important position on TV, and it gives kind of the whole group something to do. But you're right; they've got the they've got the problem of okay, House of Black is heels, so is Jericho Appreciation Society. So how do you get there? So I think that's that muddies the water a little bit. Um, and the final thing I wanted to mention was Brian Danielson's promo. It's time to go home, he says. So how long does Brian Danielson go home for? And, you know, is this a way to maybe get him a couple matches on ROH? Is it, you know, just he needs some time off to refresh as a character? Um, what's the story here, do you think? Oh, man, you just said uh, he has to go home, and home is ROH. That makes sense. <laughs> That I, I hadn't even thought of that, sense. to be honest with you. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, may, maybe go there to put over some uh, ROH people, uh, you know, some of the more undercard people. That 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 I could see that being uh, the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's. I mean, it, it's it sounds final. We know that he's running into you know the end of his career, but you know I don't think it is final. So we'll see what is going on. You know what, what's next. Uh, I mean, it might be final in terms of him headlining a pay per view. Um, you know, as he as he um, rolls things back, and you know, is just going to be interested in, in, in working with uh, with uh, younger talent, maybe. Um, but this is his last, you know, hurrah at, at going for the top, maybe. Uh, or maybe they're just 
going to put him on the shelf, and then he comes back uh, one more time against uh, MJF. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I never got the impression that that promo was him announcing his retirement or that he was going to retire soon. You know, it was just kind of like, I need time. Like, I need time to digest what happened. I need to go home. I need to be with my family, which we know played a part in MJF's promos ahead of the pay-per-view to kind of get under Brian Danielson's skin. So that's already been established. Um, it just felt like, you know, as AEW has done in the past, you, you rotate those headliners in and out. And now it seems like, you know, Adam Cole is a name that's been thrown out there as a possibility. But, yeah, I never got the sense that it, this was kind of like retirement talk. But, but it might it might be enough for it to be we're, we're slowing it down kind of yes, kind of sure. deal, uh, which I, I think that that's more of a. A possibility. Yeah, in, I, in I don't. I don't think he's. And, you know, I, I don't like, think he's going to yeah. be wrestling guys week after week on TV. You know, the way he has building up to face MJF. You know, I think those days are probably over. No, I, I, it might still be. I don't. I don't think that might be the case. But it's just going to be less about uh, to get himself to a position where you know he's going to be you know on top and more wrestle like you know. Action and Dreddy and uh, yeah. uh, you know uh, you know um, Josh the Good was Woods over on R uh, H that that sort of thing I think it's going to be more along the stuff that he's going to be looking forward to probably I mean I, I think he'll be willing to wrestle every week but just more you know the members yeah, of Top be. Flight that that kind of thing as opposed to because I mean I mean that kind of felt like I mean I mean because I mean, this is one one of the things that Wade and I always talked about on 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 the post shows where that in particular me it was like I, it always felt like. Uh, before the MJF storyline, that uh, that uh, Danielson had been checked out in terms of wanting to be the top guy. You know, he wasn't. Re- you know, he wanted to put on good matches and wrestle, and it felt like he was just doing it. You know, what he was doing was less for you know more, more for himself and put over young, younger talent than he was for you know push the company forward. Uh, I think that when they called his number because they needed him, uh, I think he did a, you know a bang up job because he didn't. He really didn't feel like engaged with aw so to speak until um he he got engaged in the in the mgf storyline because before that it kind of felt like he was just like there to to wrestle and, and enjoy the matches you know put on great professional wrestling matches but not build the brand so to speak all right dj from miami last phone call of the evening make it good man what's uh, on your mind tonight all right i guess we can start with Rey Mysterio. Uh, I don't understand why he's going to the Hall of Fame. This is the first time that a wrestler's going to the Hall of Fame that, you know, still act a wrestler. I don't know what's going to happen to Dominic. This is the question. You know, they could have did so much. He's still still green. Like, at the end of the day, my friend thinks he's going to put the mask on. In the future, where do we see Dominic? Because I know this... Uh, judgment Day is not going to last forever. So, where do we see Dominic after Ray does retire, and where do you think Ray's going to go after he retires? Is he going to go backstage? Is he going to disappear forever? Where do we think? You know, it certainly feels like, and, and WWE has been loath to do. In fact, I think it was you know against company policy to do storylines and angles at the Hall of Fame ceremony for for a long time. Um, but it, it does feel like Ray's Hall of Fame induction ceremony is is ripe for Dominic to interfere in in, in some fashion. But um, 
you know, Dominic's trajectory is kind of hard to predict because I don't think anyone saw him being this good as this type of heel. And I feel like you just ride this as far as you can get. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't see him putting on a mask. Um, WWE has been allergic to mask wrestlers for a long time. In fact, signing mask wrestlers specifically to take their masks off. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't – I can see, you know, some sort of – passing of the torch where Ray passes the mask down to Dominic or something like that in some big ceremony. But I just think he's wrestled so long without it. It would feel weird to see him with a mask on. Uh, I think if he was just starting his career and Ray gave him the mask, that would be one thing. As far as what Ray does after his in-ring career is over, um, hard to say. I, I just see him being a WWE ambassador. I don't think he works backstage and, and travels each and every week, but I could see him being like an ambassador for the company because he's still very popular amongst kids. He's still very popular amongst the Hispanic community. So there is value in having someone like him around, uh, even if he's not wrestling. Javier, what do you think about that? Uh, just touch on the mask thing. You could always split the baby and uh, have him come out uh, like uh, I think Sombra did that. Um, uh, Andrade uh, come out with the mask and then take it off for the match. Yes. Um, you know, and, or like and, Al Snow and, uh, did when he like portrayed so, Avatar in the mid '90s on WWF. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, there, there's several wrestlers who, who who've done that, particularly the ones that uh, lost their match on a on a on a mask versus uh, mask or mask versus hair match in, in uh, Mexico. Uh, they they still come out with the mask and then take it off. Um, so I, I I could see him do that just to keep that legacy uh, alive. Uh, as far as to you know, I mean uh, the guy. I mean I, I've mentioned it a few times on the post shows. I, I I know it's a work, and I want to punch him. You know, <laughs> it's, it's you know he's he's farmy and like just the 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 right kind of annoying. And I I I you know so it, it works for me. The character works for me. Now I I, he's, I don't think he's going to be you know top level. And I think it's good. He's, you know, he's, I think he's just going to be a very good, uh, chicken bleep heel, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking advantage of people, uh, you know, glomming onto other people, uh, you know, manipulating people around him to, to, to do his dirty work kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I would not put him in there to give you a five star match because that, that's failing him, uh, in particular at this moment. If he gets to be that good, then yeah, but at this moment, you know, just have them do that role. Has the, w- a, a has the WWE found its next Miz? Because that's what it sounds like you're describing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's. Uh, I, I mean, I think I described somebody else as Miz, but yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a similar uh, kind of van. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger. And our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. 
or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. All right, DJ, your second question for us tonight. Okay, my second question is going back to the last Sunday. I don't know what Tony Khan's smoking. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what how he's booking, but everything was blood. Like, like I don't get how they can do the the fork thing. I was kind of crazy, but like it was just too much blood. And then going leading up to, they know the last match was the best match, and we know there's going to be a little blood there. It was just too much blood. And then, and then with the and then with the Jungle Boy thing. Nobody even knew it was going to be a casket match. What? Okay. I mean, the best part of that match was when the thing disappeared. That was awesome. But I know they didn't say how or why it was a casket match. I'm so confused. Like, what is Tony Khan doing? Yeah, the casket match stipulation, I think, was a, a bit of a late ad, but I think they did explain it. I don't know if it was on TV or, or on uh, Revolution. But the the blood stuff, I, it, I told it was a re- it was. Go ahead. It was a rampage because I had my uh, my uh, primer was already in the can when they added that stipulation, so I got that <laughs> got that wrong. So Don't you love it, that? It was um, a rampage. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> the the blood stuff though. Look, Who I, watches that? I well, uh, that's that's a reason to get you to watch more often, I suppose. Um, but the, the the blood stuff I I get like I don't I'm not a huge fan of it. I know that Tony Khan is a fan of the territory days and specifically the ones that were violent and, and, you know, they had the, the blood. Um, and, and this is one way that I'm sure, uh, Tony Khan believes he can differentiate his product from WWE and he'll go with it as long as TBS and his television partners are willing to go with it. Uh, you know, I remember one of the things that Eric Bischoff said when he, um, found himself with two hours of primetime television on Nitro opposite Raw is, you know, he sat down with a legal pad and he said, how can I make this different from WWF? And, you know, one of the ways that Tony Khan, for better or worse, has differentiated his product from WWE is that there are copious amounts of blood. Too much at times? I believe so, absolutely. And that's where Tony Khan, as a leader, as the boss, probably needs to step in and say, okay, that's enough. You know, we, we don't need to do it in two or three matches on this show. John Moxley probably doesn't need to do it in every match. Um, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's who John Moxley sure. is. So, uh, Javier, how how off-putting for you personally is the blood? And ha- has AEW uh, done a good job of making it make sense in the context of how they've used it? I mean, the only time blood's ever really been off-putting for me was that uh... – Eddie Guerrero uh, uh, JBL match. <laughs> that oh. that was, I mean, you know, and, and and I guess some of like the you know the death matches and stuff like that. Uh, but the it, the thing is, I got in your not in your, I, I, my my defenses dropped uh, just watching WWE so for so long that it felt like you know just watching on 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 AW was just too much. Uh, I think in matches like the ones that we had, and granted, I don't think you should book five hardcore matches in one pay per view unless you're a hardcore company so that, that yep. you know, setting that aside um you know uh it, you know but if you do have a hardcore match then you know i i that was one of the things i was talking about in the, in the opening um the opening match of the nxt shows that you had this really gnarly you know uh massive match and there was no no blood because blood signifies that the damage has been done 
it doesn't need to be like a bloodletting like we've seen, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 I think MJF was the one who had a crimson mask at one point. It doesn't need to be that on that level, but a little bit at least gives you, a, you know, a, a, a thing, you know, a, a little bit of a, you know, gives you juice. I think that's yeah. what it is. Gives, gives the match a little bit of juice, particularly when it's a hardcore, uh, a hardcore, hard hitting match. Uh, I go back to, um, uh, two movies came out around the same time. I think it was Mission Impossible 2 and uh, Fight Club. And if you've seen those two movies, you know, Fight Club, you, you see people have fights and then they'd be all messed up. And then you would watch, uh, you know, <laughs> Mission Impossible and they were taking even nastier hits. But it's Tom Cruise, so he's like perfectly, you know, perfectly well quaffed and like, you know, like he's never been in a fight. And WWE to me is the, is the Mission Impossible while fun, you know, I do also like the grittiness that the AW blood does. But like I mentioned, you don't, you know, when you're doing it for, because uh, I mean, I, I, that when, when I watched with my brother, we actually had an over-under bet uh, whether there'll be five cases of blood in the <laughs> uh, uh, five matches where, where people are going to bleed. So, um, you know, and uh, I, I, I think we, we got the push. But, you know, it, it you know, I'd go a little bit easier than having five times. But I'm per, per, you know, fine with it. Just you know, also you know, know what you're doing for the rest of the show, for the rest of the card. Before AEW came around, whenever WWE would have a steel cage match or a Hell in a Cell or an Elimination Chamber match, one of the things I always saw on social media, like clockwork, is the fact that there's no blood in this match takes me out of it because the blood would signify realism, and. You know, and I was someone who's like, I don't need blood. Like, if you if you do blood, it's fine, whatever. But I don't need it. And so I think AEW is kind of appealing to those fans who you know were were the ones who thought that WWE needed blood. Now, there's also a difference between blading in a match and then taking a fork to an opponent, like John Moxley has done. You know, so I think there's you know that barbarism aspect of it is probably unnecessary. Um, there are people who don't like blood, but there are also people who are accept- accepting of blood but don't want that mutilation aspect of it, and, and that does not appeal to them. So I think it also depends on how you get color as well and, and what to what extreme you take it. And I think for some people it's a little too far with, uh, with the fork at the pay-per-view. So, uh, DJ, we'll go to you for your uh, third and final question for us tonight. Okay. Before I go off the rails on my last question, I want to say RIP for Art Anderson. hope he's going to be okay, and I hope he's going to be back soon. So, Yeah, Art Anderson's uh, older uh, son died. When you say RIP, yeah, Art Anderson, yeah. it might make people think Art Anderson died. Well, I mean, so I just want to clarify that. I mean, you know, him and his family. Uh, I, I know what you're saying, yes, like but I don't know if every listener is going to understand. That's that's all <laughs> the reason I clarified. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go off the rails. Did you hear or see the Hulk Hogan thing? The Rougeau brothers? Okay, buddy. Are you, like, I guess uh, he's not going to be in WrestleMania. There's so many other people who are better, you know, tag teams to go in there, but he got so much hate, and people are going crazy. It's I don't understand. Like, I guess the spotlight's always on Hulk. I don't know. So I read a headline today. Um, apparently, Hogan was asked who he thinks should be in the Hall of Fame, and he said the Rougeau brothers. Do I have that correct? Yes. I was like, okay, and, buddy. And, and he so, got so much for that. He got so much 
heat from who? I'm saying that. Like, people went crazy. That like, the Rougeau uh, should like, be in the Hall of Fame? People don't like those. Some other tag teams out there, they want to go in, you know, the Bees or whoever. It was kind of crazy I, how much hate I, it got. Let me, I want to go on the record right now, Javier, uh, on this March 12th edition of Wrestling Night in America and say I would have no problem with the Rougeos going in the Hall of Fame. There, I said it. And sent at Greg M. Parks on Twitter, send the hate mail to me, but I have no qualms about the Rougeos going into the Hall of Fame. Javier, what, what's your take on that? You're dead to me, Greg. <laughs> that was a risk. That was a risk I was taking. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, everyone, eventually, everyone who's ever wrestled for the WWE is going to get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that that's the point. It's it's less of a Hall of Fame and more of an alumni list. You know. Uh-huh. So you know, I mean, I I I don't. I'm not gonna sweat that. And, and yeah, they they definitely deserve uh, to be on there for you know. Um, for the stuff they've done. All right. Which is, you know, just showing up for work. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much your qualification. And for a long time, they did that for a long time, and that's another qualification. If you do it for a long time, you you got a you got a yeah. good shot. Uh, DJ, thank you for the phone call. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless you've ups- thanks. I'll see you guys next week. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Javier. Unless you've done something to, uh, unless you've upset the company for some reason, that's about the only disqualifying thing. And even then, they've gotten get, gotten around that. So, of course, of course, they they love to they love to make amends uh, for sure. Uh, Javier, always a pleasure having you on. Thanks for um, checking out NXT for us and giving us your opinion, and also talking AEW. I know that's right in your wheelhouse. Uh, go ahead and uh, let people know where they can find you on social media and what you do for the torch. Yeah, I'm somewhere on social media. I just never use it, uh, and I'm on my phone, so I can't even look it up. But I think it's uh, uh, Javier Machado LK, I think, or Jay Machado LK, one of those two. Um, well, try them both. But, if, you're, if you're listening, uh, try them both. I'll you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I also do the primers for uh, – contribute during the um, the uh, primers for the AW and WWE pay-per-views. Uh, I occasionally uh, do a New Japan Pride podcast, podcasting. Uh, New Japan usually been doing just the um, – uh, G1 Climax ones lately, um, and uh, sometimes the best of Super Juniors. We'll see if I have time when best of Super Juniors come around. Um, and yeah, and uh, just pretty much a Ronin, you know, picking up a little bit, you know, talking about uh, um, multiple things here with Greg sometimes. So that's uh, pretty much it. Watch Impact, watch AEW, watch New Japan, watch uh, WWE, watch. Don't watch NXT. <laughs> <laughs> so this didn't convince you then. I may check out Santa Deliver um, okay. because of some of the stuff that, that, that I've seen. And I want to see uh, – and, and I'm interested in seeing Grayson Waller wrestle because uh, I was impressed by what how he handled himself with the mic. Uh, but I have not seen him wrestle, so uh, I want to see if that is uh, – his wrestling at least uh, uh, hangs up. Oh, uh, man, I'm going to stretch this out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Greg. Uh, I'm going to stretch this out a little bit. Um, the, the one thing about uh, Grayson Waller that uh, I, I – that, uh, stood out to me, which uh, remind, he reminded me of LA Knight and MJF. And I wanted to get your, your take on this, Greg. Uh, do you think we're seeing a renaissance of people who can actually talk on the mic? Because what wrestling's become for the longest time are, you know, what some people disparagingly call the flippy, the flippy dudes, right? Um, but with LA Knight and MJF, they're hardcore pushing the idea, hey, look, I'm, I'm good on the mic. Uh, I'm good at drawing people in. 
and you know Grayson Waller seems to be like similar vein. Uh, do you, have you started? You think we're seeing we're seeing a greater shift of people who can uh, both work. You know, they don't have to be great workers, but yeah. if you're like really good on the mic, it uh, adds adds something. Do you think we're 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 starting to see a renaissance on people who uh, can can uh, can carry the mic? I don't know if I'd say renaissance, but I think that anytime you go to one extreme, it's natural for at some point things to slide back to the other extreme. So if you go if you go to the extreme and if you stipulate to the fact that wrestling has gotten so far in the direction of the good wrestling with Mike skills as a distant second feature, then I think it was only natural for someone to try to carve out a niche as, okay, I'm going to do something completely different to get noticed, and that completely different is I'll be acceptable in the ring, but I'll have super mic work just so I can be different. So then, it, then you know, somebody works in that role, and then others follow that lead because it's a follow-the-leader business. So I think then it kind of tips the scales back in that direction. So, uh, yeah, I think it's natural to, to find – you know, as a wrestler, you're trying to fill a niche, and and if that's where you see a lack of representation in professional wrestling, that's where you might want to go to. Um, that being said, MJF is a really good wrestler. Uh, Grayson Waller, I think, is a really good wrestler. So I think they've balanced it out very well. I don't. I wouldn't say LA Knight is a very good wrestler. I think he's acceptable, probably the minimum acceptable main roster wrestler, you know, style you can have and, and quality you can have. And some would probably say he's under that. Um, so I think L.A. Knight is more the representation of that than Waller and, and MJF. But, you know, just seeing these guys who have really good promo skills to where it doesn't feel, like you mentioned about Roxanne Perez, where she's reciting a script. Because we've seen so much of that in WWE, where guys are handed a script and they have to memorize it. They're not cutting a promo necessarily as much as memorizing a script. And we've seen guys now with AEW sort of doing the more bullet point type style scripting, if that. Um, we're seeing a renaissance, I think, just generally speaking of promo ability, period. And so uh, that's been nice to see. Yep, that, that, that's that's pretty much uh, awesome. My thoughts. <laughs> Excellent. Good note to end on, Javier. Thanks as always for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Have a good night, man. All right. Thanks you too. And I hope you all have a good night and join us again next Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, for Wrestling Night in America here on PWTorchDailyCast.com. We've got some new things coming down the pike for Wrestling Night in America. It may take on a new appearance, a new style in the future. We'll have more details on that as we get them, but something to look out for in the coming weeks and months. Just a just a little teaser there. I am Greg Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Greg M. Parks. And, uh, you can always email us WNIALivecast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hope you'll join us again next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, it's Wrestling Night in America. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week, so subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows, on Apple Podcasts, 
you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, Everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. We've got a PW Torch VIP sale going on this month. If you are interested in becoming a VIP member, you can get $6 off any subscription. That brings a one-month sub down to 4 bucks, And you can listen to our AEW Revolution post-event roundtable. Todd Martin, Rich Fan, and I discuss the event for about an hour right after the show ended exclusively for VIP members. You also will get the WrestleMania post-show roundtables following night one and night two at the beginning of next month as part of that deal, and you get everything in between. I have brought back the Ask the Editor version of the Wade Keller hotline. The last two Wednesdays, we've dropped that with me responding with long-form answers to a wide array of topics. And the Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE insider news updates with my expanded analysis have also been brought back more frequently lately, including breakdowns of minute-by-minute numbers for Dynamite and SmackDown in two recent updates. And also behind-the-scenes news on Bray Wyatt and how he's being written and by whom, and other exclusive backstage notes and insights. We also are running our 18 Years Ago podcast series on the nearly 18th anniversary of podcasts when they were originally published back in 2005. We feature them on the PW Torch VIP podcast feed. This includes our post-pay-per-view roundtables and also Wade Keller hotlines with a ton of insider news. And right now, this week, we are running a series of podcasts detailing with incredible behind-the-scenes details, sometimes excruciating details, on what was going on with Edge, Lita, and Matt Hardy in that uh, kind of love triangle controversy of 2005 that uh, changed the course of, of several careers. At the time, I reported a ton of details on how the locker room was reacting to them, uh, how Vince McMahon, if he was involved, because Vince was actually away with his injury at that time, uh, if he was involved, and just uh, the, the ups and downs and the drama of everything that, that blew up behind the scenes there. It's also the beginning, 18 years ago, of John Cena and Batista's push, and there's a lot of fun analysis of what we thought of them at the beginning of their upward trajectory. I could go on. There's just so many great VIP-exclusive features. You get these shows ad-free and plug-free, and you get access to our ad-free Lightning Fast VIP website with all the content that's on the free site, plus bonus content, including the roundtable reviews in written format from the Torch staff of AEW Revolution. We'll be doing that for WrestleMania coming up also, plus exclusive columns and more. So go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. The coupon code to get $6 off, and you can apply that $6 coupon to a one-month, a three-month, or a one-year sub. But again, that brings a one-month sub down to $4 for everything I just mentioned and more. The coupon code is March 23. March 
23. Enter that when you sign up at pwtorch.com slash govip. And yes, we are compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. When you sign up, you'll get an email and you click on that link and it authorizes you. No advanced settings, no passwords, nothing complicated. And we are compatible with many other podcast apps in a similar way. pwtorch.com slash govip, March 23. It's a good time to go VIP.